0: Filming analytics create the dynasty crossroads that filming analytics create. Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape. Hello, welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name's Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. I'm here with my co-host Jake Anderson at Jake Anderson FF on Twitter. We talk about one player at a time from both a film and a metrics point of view, except during the off season, where it turns out we pretty much talk about whatever we want. Is there anything in particular you think you want to talk about today, Jake? Or is it just in general the
1: draft? Yeah, I thought we'd just in general talk about some of these rookies. I haven't come out with my rankings yet. I um, haven't been able to get to it, but I plan to soon. But you did put out your rankings so I could just tear those down.
0: I was gonna say that's. Yeah. I, I put my my head on the block here. I did put out my first uh, rookie draft board post draft, but um, anyone who watched me put it together knows that it's very. Oh, I'm I'm looking to have my mind changed because <laughs> this this class is wild, and I, I think it's wild. I love it. Um, it's very different than last year, where after the draft I was I I could already see my draft order, like I already knew what it was, and with this one I've just been fooling with it constantly. So. Um, I, I think there's a lot of you can just make up your own mind and almost make up your own ADP. Um, Like I was just telling, uh, like I was just saying to you, I think unlike last year and most years, instead of hoping a player falls to you, it's kind of a reverse draft where you have to hope you don't take the player you want higher too high so that you actually miss out on getting someone else. Like I don't want to miss out getting AJ Brown because I took Isabella. If it turns out I could have taken AJ Brown in the first round and Isabella in the second round. So I think ADP is going to play a large role in the way, or the the nature of the league that I happen to be drafting in, maybe, is going to play a large role in who I take and where I take
1: them. Um, does that make sense to you, or am I just... Um, no, I think it makes sense. Uh, obviously, I think your rankings are going to be a little bit different than consensus because I think you stick to your process more and, and other people navigate and lean just more towards draft capital and probably landing spots a little bit more than you do um so i think that's an instance where you have a tendency to go get your guys a little bit more than a lot of people do i think that's a nice way to put it i just not looking
0: for flaw in a rookie draft it's like it i don't get it like if you want to swing your opinion or your I'm right, you're wrong around somewhere. It's in a rookie draft. Most of these players aren't going to do anything, so just take your shot, you know? Um, (laughs) I mean, I'm not, like, if I hit on Sterling Shepard, I'm happy, but, like, it's not really affected the balance of my team. First round, I go Nikhil Harry, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders. I'm not going to justify him as I go along. That just sounds boring as hell. Um, Nikhil Harry, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, A.J. Brown, David Montgomery. Uh, It's starting to get tricky. To be honest, then JJ or Whiteside and Andy Isabella, that rank in particular, I hate and love at the same time. um, for reasons I'll talk about later, I've, I've got like, um, I ranked them wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver three, as well as just doing a rookie board. And like, they're not consistent. Like my wide receiver two is currently ranked below my wide receiver four, for example, in the first round. And that's not a mistake. Like I've done that on purpose. And then TJ Hawkinson is uh, 1.08. Then Daryl Henderson which I'm not sure about, but Scott Barrett's just a smarter guy than me, and he said something clever on it, so I have put him in here in the late first round. DK Metcalf is 110, then Noah Fant at 111, and then Marquise Brown at 112, and that's purely, you can't not draft the first wide receiver drafted in the NFL outside of your first, I mean, I can, and I will, but I mean, I can't rank him outside the first round, that's that's a little ridiculous, even for me, so who are you going to owe me for first?
1: (laughs) Um, I have a lot of issues, with this, no, I'm just kidding. Um, personally, I'm I'm a little bit lower on AJ Brown. Um, I I think I was a little bit lower him lower on him than consensus, uh, than than most people were. But for me, it it boils down to landing spot and and my biggest fix for AJ. And if he falls to a point um, towards the end of round one or maybe that 109 10 area, you know, I'll like that value, but. My biggest concern with A.J. Brown is they just signed Adam Humphreys to a pretty big deal. Adam Humphreys is a slot wide receiver. I don't think they're going to play Adam Humphreys outside. I'm a little bit concerned that they're going to play A.J. Brown outside, and I've been pretty thorough about I do not like that place for him. I think he, he's going to struggle to get off press coverage. I think he does lack separation on, on man coverage, so... um I think projecting his volume is difficult in this offense and I just don't think he's going to get the volume or just be nearly the fantasy asset, you know, playing outside as he would in the slot. Now, things can change year to year. This might be a one-year thing. This might be a half-a-year thing. Uh generally I do like to bet on talent but it's a combination of kind of where I forecast his role to be and then also in the offense that he plays in. Are you still on this,
0: he can't play on the outside? I thought Twitter decided that he could. Like, I've seen, I thought that was settled. (laughs)
1: Listen, a lot of people, his, his stats were good when he played outside, but when you watch the tape, he, like, very rarely faced press man coverage. He faced with the DB that played eight to 10 yards off coverage. And all he did is run these inside routes where he was not contested. And then when I saw him face press coverage, he struggled to separate. um, And he struggled to get targets when he was pressed. So for me, he was almost getting slot looks outside. So he was not facing the same coverage that DK was having to face. Um, So, that's my opinion on it. I understand that if people want to say like listen, he played outside and he produced actually even better from his yards per catch, but um, that's just not the way I see it projected.
0: Yeah, I don't like it cuz of Corey Davis. Um he's I've got AJ Brown there mostly because I think that's where you're going to have to take him that if too. you like him and I do like him. I think he's a good player. I think he could be good in the NFL. As far as role goes, I th- I don't know. I'm I'm hearing a lot of they did this in college. They can't do it in the NFL. And my first thought is, if they can't improve in everything, they can't do it in the NFL at all. But yeah, Corey Davis is my concern there, because I still think nice. he's good.
1: I mean, you saw that you saw the the poll on Twitter, right, between Corey Davis and A.J. Brown?
0: Yeah, it came out exactly, exactly 50-50. That was... It
1: makes me kind of want to go by Corey Davis right now. But um, it, it's not just... Like, it's, no yeah.
0: kidding. It's... No kidding, if Harry has an 800-yard season, I'll be ecstatic. Right. That's like... Monster. Corey Davis has done yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know it wasn't what we're hoping for, but, like, I don't know. Maybe we're... Do you think we're overly pessimistic about rookies? We should be, but then... Um, Jacob Rickrow just put out a tweet and he's writing an article that everyone should check out. He said that 10 rookies on average from every draft class have two top 24 seasons or top 12 seasons at, wide, at, at tight end and quarterback. 10 seem like a lot. And when I look back, like he said since 2008, and when I push it back to 2000, he's right. On average, even if you extend that timeline, 10 rookies from every draft either have a top 24 season if they're a wide receiver or a running back or a top 12 season if they're a quarterback or a tight end now some of them are going to be like kelvin benjamin like not not long-term assets mm-hmm. right but um still 10 was more optimistic than i typically think of as rookies
1: i think you're being just a just the right amount pessimistic <laughs> i think this is a down class and i, I would imagine that has to f- i mean is that is that the average or are you saying 10 in every class
0: the average okay. was 10 so not every class, class has like 10. some classes have had seven right. and six right but that's, that's including the last three or four classes and they still have time to increase right. that number. Sure. Like some of them are at six and seven and it, and you know, we know as few of those players who have already hit, mm-hmm. who are going to get at least one extra season and then yeah. bring it and up.
1: And we're coming off, we're coming off a lot of strong classes. I feel like for fantasy production and
0: yeah, but that was going back to that's all true. of them. And you know, even in the weak classes, you know, my mantra yeah. with this class is like um, Deandre Hopkins, uh, T Y Hilton, Keenan Allen. They came from terrible sure. classes.
1: No, there's still going to be some good players. And I, I, th- I still think there are some good players. Um, I just think it's 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 always a challenge, especially in what we what we think is probably a little bit weaker class, to project which of those players are going to do that. So um, no, I think it's I think that's extremely interesting. Um, moving along, I have the same kind of concerns about our Sega Whiteside. I wouldn't take him that early personally. Um, you know, I don't think we need to spend as much time there. Um, I did see it interesting that, you know, Sigma Bloom did point out that he thinks he's actually in a good system for his style of play because Carson Wentz doesn't really mind throwing up those YOLO passes. Like, you know, he doesn't mind throwing in contested coverage and giving his guys an opportunity to go get it. And it's not that I don't think he could be, and we talked about this on the Dummies Draft Show, so I don't think we need to have an extended talk about just J.J. here, but... Um, you know, for me, again, it's it's a little bit about volume. What is he going to do between the 20s? Yeah,
0: I understand that. Um, I, I do think he's a really good prospect. And he's going to have to advance. Mm-hmm. I, I think the team he's going to is an interesting landing spot. It's a sure. dynamic team with a solid, uh, solid uh, coaching staff that can do things that fit the players like mm-hmm. that's the, the definition that's of true good coaching staff right they do that's things true. the players can excel at
1: no i think he's i think he's a pretty good player i just i i have concerns about what kind of volume he's going to get you know between the 20s that's and if he can prove that then i think you know he has quite a bit of upside because he is that kind of guy that could get those double digit touchdowns in a good offense so it's not that I don't like the player, it's just I wouldn't put him that high person.
0: Here's what I think's gonna happen to me with this class, is that I wanna be on an Andy Isabella hill and I'm actually gonna spend <laughs> all my time sliding over to the J J S Eagle Whiteside Hill to try and hold the so line. So I just want
1: I wanted to So according to D L F he's the tenth player off the board. I think that's i think that's about right. I mean he's going in front of both of the tight ends. So I think that's interesting. I mean where was he pre-draft? I think he had to have been a little bit lower than uh, as far as consensus. And I can pull up DLF ADP from April at least see where that was at.
0: I think the real difference here is I don't put Debo Samuel and Paris Campbell in front of him. Like the, mm. I'm scared with how similar I am to ADP. I'm normally a lot. There's normally a lot more places. I'm a little more different. Yeah. But in this one, most of it can be explained by I don't put Debo and Sam, and Paris uh, ahead of him. And that's not because I disagree, and that's the other holding thing about this class. I think everyone's right about Debo and Paris. Yeah. I just l- think these other guys can be more. Yeah. If no, honest. I understand.
1: And, and JJ was 12 in April ADP for rookies, so uh, that's not that big of a bump. I thought it was actually a little bit bigger than that. Um, I'm actually opposite with you with Campbell. Campbell is obviously a guy that I wasn't super high on pre-draft, but... Um, he got one of the premier landing spots, you know, that we were looking for, and he got second round draft capital. So I think that's that's great. Um, so I would be I'm interested to see what he can do in that offense. So he was a guy that I would you know definitely a riser throughout this process for me, and he's a guy that I would have above Whiteside personally. I think I think the the one we need to get to um, you have. And this isn't the one, but <laughs> Isabella's at 107 for you. I think that's going to be as, about as high as you, yep. you will see. He would be higher if I thought I had to take him back, right. but I really don't. <laughs> I think. Yeah, so that definitely, I mean, that plays a big factor with these guys in their, you know, ADP. <laughs> so um, he's 14 for one quarterback leagues on DLF rankings. Um I, I like Isabella, you know, so I think he, I'd be in between where they have him ranked right now. But the interesting one for me, and there's a couple here, but, um, you got to talk to me about Daryl Henderson at 109 because I thought you were a guy that was yeah. kind of buying in on Gurley and the the injury concerns are... Are a little bit too much for you.
0: So I'm always open to ideas. And Scott Barrett wrote an article where he tiered the players in this class in terms of the most likely to make an impact, the most likely to make an impact early. Then there's the kind of a best of the rest section. It's a really interesting article, and you should definitely check it out. In there, he suggests that Daryl Henderson going where he did in the draft—it was the third round. Or it was so, early third. Indicates I think. that the team, whether Gurley is too injured or not, like take the we can be doctors out of it, because I. I am high on Gurley. I think the tilting over missing or struggling for a few games is insane. But I get running back wrong more often than I get it right (laughs) compared to wide receiver. So I'm willing to be challenged on it. And Scott said, don't play doctor. Instead, play team analyst, as you were. The team clearly thinks it might have a need. And that was a fair point where Gurley's still going to be the one. And the upside for Henderson is probably... You know, a committee back that you don't really start in fantasy. That's entirely true. But he also suggested that just because of the signal from the team trying to read the draft, that he might be a good late-round pick if the worst kind of happens because he's, he, and he does have a good profile. we were both high and in him pre-draft. And so all of that combined, I was just like, I, I, I'll do what Scott says. Scott's very good at this.
1: Listen, listen. Yeah. I wasn't a huge, I wasn't a huge Henderson fan. I mean, he is my RB4, but is mostly mostly be discounted because this running back class was pretty weak. Um, I'm kind of conflicted, and I've never not been conflicted on Henderson because I like him in this offense. Like, I think this is an offense that could suit him really well. You know, it's kind of a spread him out offense. He needs some rushing lanes. He could get those there. He's a good pass catcher. um, But also, he's fucking behind one of the best running backs we've seen in a long time. So if Gurley is healthy and still getting 20 touches, which I think is going to be around that ballpark, yeah. Um, And also I don't see Henderson being like the guy in an offense. So even if Gurley goes down, I think he's still going to be somewhat of a limited touch type of player. Like I think he's going to be a 10 to 15 type touch guy kind of on his upside. Now that on a really good offense is super intriguing, so I get that. But he's a guy that I'd want to take a discount on. And 109 is kind of where he was before the draft. And we were expecting him to be like a third round pick or so. So for me, I just, I can't get on board with him that high. Especially when you have him above the next player.
0: Yeah, and again, it's really simple to edit this and make it look entirely conformist. Just put Debo Paris ahead of him. Henderson becomes an early second and everyone's happy. I just, I'm not trying to make everyone happy.
1: I know, that is not your thing. I, I, it was just a challenging
0: thought by Scott, and I wanted to include it because it, it seemed like... I liked his point that it's not if Gurley is injured, it's what if the team just wants to limit his role. He's still the one, still great, still a top three running back, still, you know, do the happy dance when you draft him.
1: So I think I think part of my problem, and this is, this is kind of the way I'm going to teeter it, and just to give you a little preview of where my rankings are probably going to be, Um, In a one-quarterback format, like we're discussing, Harry and Jacobs are going to be in a tier by themselves. Like, Harry earned that. Like, I know I've been a DK guy since day one. Um, DK was my wide receiver one, but he was in the same tier as Nikhil. Um, So Nikhil got the better draft capital. I still think DK has just as good or better landing spot, but, you know, he got drafted a full round later. Um, so I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna say Harry earn that, that spot, you know, that, that first tier wide receiver one spot. And then after that, it's going to be, uh, David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, and DK Metcalf. And honestly, I think DK could be anywhere in that tier for me. I, I haven't been decided there, but, um, I think that's a good landing spot. So for me, it's, you're you're giving, giving a discount from the draft capital. He went later than almost everybody anticipated. But it's making up for a good landing spot. So, um, for me, he's a clear-cut wide receiver, too, in this. And, and you talked about it earlier. Like, a little bit weaker class. Why are you taking safety early in rookie drafts? Um, DK still has arguably the highest ceiling in this whole class. So, I um, mean... Yeah, yeah. There's, I don't have many rookie picks in, in most of my leagues. Um, but, I mean, if he's going to go towards the 108, 109, 110, not 1010, but 110, I think that's tremendous value to take a shot on a guy with tremendous upside. Uh, moving on. Moving on.
0: Are you moving on to why I have tight ends in the first round? Because I think that's something you should No. <laughs> no.
1: No. I think that's also a lack of just sheer talent in this class I think Fanton Hawkinson are gonna be first round picks I just think they should be um especially if it's not super flex so all right round two I'm gonna list off your of round two round two Debo Samuel Paris Campbell Kyler Murray Irv Smith Jr. Justice Hill Alex Barnes Alexander Madison Trivion Williams Dwayne Haskins Darwin Thompson Hakeem Butler Keyshawn Johnson like I said Paris is gonna be a little bit higher for me I'm a Debo fan, um, but I think I'd want him around here. He's not a guy that I'm probably going to spend a first-round pick on. Uh, it's partially just because I don't – I don't honestly, I don't love that offense just because, like, all these players are similar. They all have similar traits, and I just don't know how it's going to be divvied up. Um, I'd probably take Debo over P- Pettis at their cost because I think Pettis is going to be a decent amount more expensive. Um, Kyler Murray, I mean – He's honestly a guy that I'm in, like, and I talked about it. I was on Saturday Sunday with Paul Pertichese when we talked about the first round of the draft. And he asked me if I would put Kyler in the first round of rookie ma- uh, mocks or a rookie drafts for one quarterback leagues. And I was like, mm, highly unlikely. Like, I, I don't ever see myself taking a quarterback in a one QB league in the first round. But honestly, after these landing spots, I think he's as interesting as some of these guys right here. You know, like... I think two hundred three is a, a really perfect spot for him. Like beginning of the second round, I like taking that swing. My bigger problem here is, and I think it's not even really a problem; it's more of a question. Like you talked about Daryl Henderson and the, and the point that Scott Barrett made about draft capital teams—you know, taking a running back when maybe it wasn't necessarily a need—but it's they're they're telling us really what they think about these players and their and their team and their outlook. So I think for me, I think you could have the same conversation for Alexander Madison. Now, he's probably doesn't have quite the upside of a, a Drell Henderson, but uh, he was my RB5 going into this process. Uh, I don't know what, what – was he the RB5 or 6 drafted in the NFL draft? I'm not even sure. But he had to been around there. Um, so for me, it says the same thing. The Vikings lost to Tavius Murray. Um, Last couple of years, he's been very fantasy relevant when Cook has been down. And he hasn't, you know, he's gotten touches when Cook is in the lineup. So I love Delvin Cook, um, but he has had his fair share of injury problems staying on the field. And I think they were looking for uh, kind of a goal line back too. So I don't, I think he's, Madison has been disparaged as just a plotter. That can only carry the ball on first and second downs. I think he's an underrated water, uh, pass catcher, and I think he could be that goal line back in a what should be a pretty good offense. So I it's not that I have a problem with like a mid second. Like I think that's higher than a lot of people are going to take him. I think you can probably get him later. He's ranked as the 36th overall player for DLF rankings, which for me is is too low. I would be taking him higher than that um, because I think he's a great handcuff to Delvin Cook, who's, you know, been off the field a good amount. And I think he's going to get some play even when Delvin's there. Um, and listen, I, w- I was surprised that he was taken that high. You know, we heard from Roto World that some teams were lying to him on day two, and I was hoping for that, but this is not the landing spot I was hoping for either, just because obviously Cook is there, you know, Cook is their guy, so as long as Cook is healthy, he's going to be a backup type of player, but I do think he's talented enough to take that role and be a solid RB2 if Cook goes down. And I think he's going to get production regardless. Now, not, probably not fantasy relevant production, but I think he's going to be included on that offense.
0: Yeah, it was just a game of whose backup do you want more. Um, I sure should, I forgot Alex Barnes was undrafted. I didn't. I didn't even remember. <laughs> so he should probably be downgraded. Yeah. But you know, he was in the same kind of tier for me in that they had decent enough stats, decent enough athleticism, some evidence of receiving work. Let's see what the draft is, and the same thing happened to all of them except Barnes, who dropped a lot further and went undrafted. And draft capital opportunity is everything for running back, so it's which it's which handcuff do you want um, or thinks going to get opportunity more, which is why Daryl Henderson rose for me, like you said. Um, I don't want to bet on a Cook injury, which makes Madison difficult. Also, like you said, his ceiling's pretty firmly below what Cook could do in that offense, right? Um. Barnes should probably be under that. But the reason I had him over is, one, I forgot he was undrafted. And two, I just felt like the depth chart was weaker in Tennessee than it was in Minnesota. And so that's why I chose that handcuff over the other handcuff. But really, we're talking about running back handcuffs in the mid-second round, which says something about the draft. Again. <laughs> <laughs> and the the guy I have over all of them is Justice Hill because that's decent draft capital and a weaker a weaker depth chart. Wasn't
1: wasn't Justin Justice Hill a fifth-round pick? Fourth. Oh, he was. Okay. That's, okay, I was thinking in my head he was fifth. So that is decent draft capital. So um, he's a player that I like, too. Um, I don't know if I'd be taking him quite that early. Um, but, again, I wouldn't take Madison that early necessarily either because I think you should get Madison. I think you will get Madison later. I think you probably actually would probably have to take Hill around that area. He's a guy that I've seen – get a decent amount of steam. But again, he's still behind Mark Ingram there for a season or two. Um and also there hasn't been a whole lot of pass catching there with Lamar Jackson. And I, I do believe in Lamar to improve. I think he's gonna be a much better quarterback this season. Uh we know what he can do as a runner and that can open up some holes. Gus Edwards, i e so um I like Justice Hill there. Uh, I I d I don't know if I, I would take him quite that high personally. Uh, but moving on, Travion Williams, uh, is that just kind of the same thing? Back up?
0: I really like Travion Williams' pre-draft. That's being weighed in there. He's one of the few running backs with multiple seasons with 20 receptions or more, much higher receptions per game. Um, you know, Zach Reed rule from the Dynasty Dummies. Um And he was very productive every year that he played. Um, yeah, he ran a four-five, which is what, you know, the minimum you want for a, uh, for a running back. He was 206 pounds. He's a...
1: Especially a smaller... Yeah, Little smaller undersized,
0: sized um, adjusted speed score and weight adjusted speed score were decent, not great. Yeah, I'm going to just overall say he was decent athletically, and he had a better receiving history in college than most running backs in this class. So I liked him. Being behind Joe Mixon, like, like I said, it's the same question with Cook. I'm not rooting for an injury, and I really like Giovanni Bernard.
1: It seems like he has to, right? They drafted Trevion and Rodney Anderson. Gio has to be gone. Like, <laughs> I also just think, like, what are the, I mean, again, why try to make sense out of organizations that don't make sense? But
0: Right, and just to be clear, I'd take Gio over pretty much every running back in this class <laughs> if this was his rookie year. Gio's, Gio's right. amazing.
1: Right. <laughs> I got you. Um, Darwin Thompson, I think that's an interesting second-round pick. I mean, I was I liked Darwin quite a bit, so I'm interested to see what you say about him.
0: He came up well when I ran the model. I didn't. I thought it was a mistake. I had to go and look. Um, but he's been drafted to it's kind of the city, isn't it? That's why he's going to be interested. Yeah, yeah, he went to Kansas City in the sixth round, so pretty much no draft capital. But he was fairly productive in college, again, a similar pattern here. He only really played the one year, which is why I'm not putting him over, you know, these other handcuffs that did more in college. Um, he had, in that one year, he had 1.8 receptions a game, which is decent, and doesn't cross the Zach Reed 20 reception a game in multiple years, but he did have 23 overall in his college season. Like I said, he only really had one significant year. And so his last year, just to put it in those terms, was decent. He was very productive, caught the ball and rushed the ball. Um good physical medru- measurables when they're combined into a uh, Spark X score. Mm-hmm. Um and he went to the Kansas City Chiefs. And if it's right. all about opportunity, that kind of that I wanted to play a Henderson role there. The Chiefs also took a few late round running backs here. Um, I don't think Darwin's going to be everyone's favorite, so I just kind of wanted to be a little higher on him, maybe draw some attention that this guy could be a guy. I think I missed someone as well, just in case you're like, why isn't that guy on? It's because I forgot him, Um, and I'm working on it. Uh,
1: That's always my (laughs) biggest
0: fear when I do rankings,
1: is I I forget somebody out of
0: there. It always happens to me. There's always someone like, what about this guy?
1: I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) So you will be probably about as low as anybody on Hakeem Butler... Um, it's interesting. You have that Arizona combo there, uh, Keyshawn Johnson, who we both were fans of, um, pre-draft, obviously his combine was pretty poor. Uh, but Hakeem Butler, you know, the, the one Oh one in April ADP for rookies is now, um, let's see where he's at. I think he's at 15 for DLF rankers. Um, and he's at year two eleven, So you won't get zero shares of Hakeem Butler.
0: Yeah, I, I will get zero shares. Um, and he should be higher, to be fair. It's a fourth-round pick, so I think 15 is too high, but I've got him too low. Now, he's got a lot of potential in that offense that did a lot at the wide receiver position, so they're clearly going to experiment. He's going to get some opportunity at some point. He's huge. He's fast. He has a high variance of outcomes, uh, right? He could mm. be a really good player in the NFL. But of the players that the Cardinals drafted, his is my least favorite profile. Um, I, I should have him over some of these, these running backs we were just talking about. Maybe even over er Smith. But it, it just... Like, I think Kirk and Isabella and the Cardinals are good. Um, I don't want to fight for the guy who might surprise us. And if I have to fight for it, I'll just take Johnson. Right? That's
1: all that is. Interesting. All right, moving on. Round three. I think the the biggest talk of maybe... This is the one that people are gonna freak out about. And, uh, and I'll go I'll go down the list real quick. Um you have Rodney Anderson, McCall Hardman, Deontay Johnson, Jay Sternberger, Jalen Hurd, Kelvin Harmon, Devin Singletary, James Williams, Bryce Love, Scott Miller. <laughs> Who the fuck is Scott Miller? That's
0: the reaction I'm looking <laughs> Greg for. Greg Dorch, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Miles. Miles Gaskin. Scott Miller wasn't even the guy I wanted to talk about. (laughs) No, the the player I want to talk about is McCall Hartman Because right now for DLF rankings, he is at 13 overall. And I've seen some pretty, pretty smart people put him locked into like 108-ish.
0: Is that your entire statement, or like, is there something yeah. that you're going to convince me
1: with? That's 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 it.
0: My reasoning is that you don't go and get the next biggest outlier at the wide receiver position just because you happen to have a need, and then you can find him ten minutes later. Like he's fast, he's small, he's underproductive. He's Tyree Kill. He's, no, like just because you suddenly have a knee doesn't mean that you can go out and immediately find the next biggest outlier at the wide receiver position in the last 18 years. If you were going to reach right. on a player, there was actually one available, and my reaction is live on the Dynasty Dummies round one episode where I they traded up. I knew they were going to take Andy Isabella. He'd been mocked there. He's fast. He's a great player. He was productive. He was sitting right there, and they took... The exact opposite of that.
1: Isabella should have been the pick there, or DK. I mean, don't
0: get me wrong. I think think Mahomes can make, you know, lots of people catch 100 yards touchdowns, and maybe Hardman will be involved in that. But, like, you're definitely going to bet on, you know, the Chiefs just being able to find the next Tyreek Hill because they suddenly had a need.
1: So, basically, you just think he's going to get incredibly overdrafted. incredibly
0: overdrafted. overdrafted. Like uh, He's going to be a first-round pick for people, and
1: it's just crazy. Yeah, okay uh, Deontay Johnson is a guy that I think we both like. Yeah, right? yeah Out of Toledo I liked him playing um, He got drafted in the third round by the Steelers What are your thoughts on him? I'm, I'm surprised he's this low for you I actually. like him a lot, but
0: he's gone to the Steelers And you've already got James Washington, who I liked more And Juju Smith-Schuster, who I liked a yep. lot more Than pretty much everyone drafted in the last ten years So, I mean, mm-hmm. well, what's his okay. production Perfect. was also pretty late <laughs> he, he produced at age 21, 22. Sure. That's a red flag.
1: Calvin Harmon, uh, he, it feels like he's still going to get drafted probably earlier than he deserves to be. Um, I like Harmon. <laughs> he is at... I feel like this is something I'm going be, gonna to be screaming forever.
0: I think he's he looked good as a college prospect. I think he could be good. But he was drafted in the sixth round. And since 2000, like five players have hit from the sixth or seventh round. One of them's Antonio Brown, which... Harmon isn't one of them is Junal Nedelman who played QB in college so that looks distinctly different I mean I have no way to comp him to anyone that broke out from the 6th round because everyone should look different because they're outliers, right? And if you're going to bet on an outlier, do it. I'm all about it. But this is a class of outliers, and this is the f- this guy was drafted in the sixth round. You've got outliers that are drafted in the second, third round. Having said that, I think he's probably the best receiver outside of Chris Thompson in Washington right now.
1: I was going to say I don't think you I don't I don't think you have the guy that was drafted earlier ranked at all, right? Or no, you do at four twelve. His teammate Terry McLaurin. <laughs> so you really don't like Terry McLaurin, right? He he's McCall
0: Hardman without the Chiefs uh, offense. Yes. Same same evaluation. You can't right. just go out and find yourself an outlier. Sure. And you also are not Chiefs. sure.
1: Harmon's probably. I mean, name recognition. Yeah. I said, you know, months and months ago that I was going to be lower on Harmon than almost anybody, but I did not see this right. coming. <laughs> like, I was going to be lower on him because I had him as like wide receiver four, not you know, like wide receiver fifteen or whatever he's going to end up being. But um, wh- what about what about Devin Singletary? I am surprised he's this low. I,
0: I just don't think it's going to happen for Singletary. He... Is it a TJ Yeldon thing? What is it? Yeah, he's he's. Bad offense. I just don't overly like his profile. And if you remember, I was um, borrowing from borrowing brilliance to borrow someone else's brilliance about borrowing brilliance, um, and he was like less efficient than everyone else on his team playing at that position. And that's just typically a red flag. And that's something
1: I got from Rotoworld World analysis. So he's he's ranked at 18 overall for DLF. Yeah. And you don't, you do you, oh, you forgot to rank, I know who you didn't rank, Damian Harris. So would he be kind of in that Madison tier for you, Justice Hill? The reason
0: I forgot to rank him is I have not dug into Harris, but he was in the third round, I do know that, and um, I'm going to have him higher than Singletary. Just a quick scan here, his production looks meh.
1: Yeah. I'm not a big Damien Harris but, um, fan. Yeah. <laughs> and he's behind like five right. running backs. So. I don't think LaShawn yeah, McGon- McCoy is entirely I'm done gonna, either. So, you know. Well, Damien Harris is the 20th player off the board ahead of Justice Hill. Um, Where, where did Greg Dortch end up going? He was undrafted and uh, I and believe he's on see. the Jets now. He was signed. Oh, that's the right. jets. You have Miles Gaston around your round three, and then round four. You have Josh Oliver, Ashton Doolin, Keelan Dawes, Stanley Morgan, Miles Boykin, uh, Mike Weber, Dexter Williams, Gary Jennings, Terry Godwin, Anthony Johnson, Riley Ridley, and Terry McLaurin. Did you um, Did you think about putting Emmanuel Hall on here anywhere? I did. I thought I had. Had I
0: not? I must have gotten rid of his name. I don't think you put him on here.
1: Um, He didn't come
0: out well in my model. I was going to put him in there because he's another fast guy who can make noise, right? And people will remember his name. If he does anything, yeah. his value will increase. But that's how I'm playing him. I think his value could increase. I don't think he's someone I want you know, for a couple of years on my Dynasty
1: squad. He was the player I was the most upset and surprised that didn't get drafted at all. I thought he was going to be a fourth round
0: pick. I do, sure. you, man. There's a whole bunch. Um, <laughs> There's a whole bunch in this class.
1: Who was is, who is your guy that you were shocked and kind of upset shocked that wasn't
0: drafted? When it wasn't drafted, um, I don't know. I was shocked that Ashton Doolin wasn't drafted, but I was there. The guy I thought I'd found that the NFL would like that normally I wouldn't see coming um, was probably uh, Stanley Morgan. Um, and I'm really mm-hmm. surprised they didn't take a shot on a player like that. Because um, he's not flashy, yeah. he didn't go great in college, but he did enough to kind of show up in my models. And I was like, huh, that's a, good at, that's good a guy the NFL too. drafts every year and occasionally makes some noise that I never see coming because he broke out at 20, which is decent enough, had th- over 35% of his team's production, receiving yards and touchdowns at both age 20 and 21, was underproductive at 18 and 19. But getting in before 21 is significant to me. And um, yeah, they just didn't like him now the team that picked him up is cincinnati who continues to make fairly smart bets on the back end of the wide receiver debts chart like i like josh malone who so far looks like he's gonna do nothing but i like marvin jones who eventually did something i like Mohammed sanu who eventually did something like that's not a terrible team tyler, tyler boyd, boyd your boy
1: like they don't i i think someone on that they seem to draft good profiles right, exactly late. Um, James Williams was another guy I thought would get drafted, but it honestly yeah, didn't yeah. shock me that he didn't. Um, but yeah, it was mostly Emmanuel Hall. I mean, I was like, I was because the Vikings like all off season, we need a deep threat. Um, so, like round four, how many on, good on, wide receivers like, do you need? Manuel, Jake Manuel. Just a deep threat. Yeah, That's all I wanted. Just but we got we got Vikings drafted Dylan Mitchell in the seventh, which he's a decent player. But something like that, or well, Metcalf could jump into my top
0: yeah. seven. He's and to be fair, Metcalf is the one player I think could you know insert himself in the top seven. There's very few others that I think could change that much. Yeah,
1: for me he's a for me he's a lock right. in the top six. It's just I don't know where to if where to put him at one o three or one o six. Uh, actually, actually, he's a lock for the top five for me.
0: Keep going, Jake. Just lock him in that top three. Let's get out of here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, I think the earliest anybody's going to take DK is a 105. And that's probably going to be me. You know.
0: All right. Uh, so that was a recap of my rookie rankings. Next week, we'll put Jake's under fire and explain for an hour and 22 minutes why he's wrong instead. So that'll be fun. And by then, I might have <laughs> that other guy whose name I keep forgetting. Harris? Damien Harris. Damien Harris. And uh, I'll an uh, update on
1: that. Solid, solid late second round. Um, <laughs>
0: thanks for tuning in. If you did, if you didn't, you can't hear me not. Thank you. So that's great. Um, I've had fun like I do every week. I hope you did as well.
1: Light up.
2: Yeah! Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go! Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds, so! Jake on the table and Ape on the plate, so! Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical! Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that! Picking their brains, got their in lanes, but I like that! Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats! Picking apart, the film is an art. Always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. Jake got that eye like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore. I am at a crossroads. Chicken or crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road. Go clicking a poll. Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So Jake on the table and they on gonna the play Pete and it's the plays they're analytical. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, run unfolds, so. Jake on the table and they on the place, though. Pete and it's the plays they're analytical. through good landing spot later
0: than expected but it's still the second round even if it was the last pick jake
1: well then harry's not a first rounder because it was the last pick of the first round shut up oh yeah see that's how that goes see that's how that goes
0: shut up all of these times, all of these nice stats. I don't even know if I'll include it. it Sounds a little too pessimistic. Like I'm, I'm making people depressed about David Moore. But it, it is what always occurs to me. It's like I like DK. I like the Seahawks. I like David Moore. Why would you do this? Oh yeah,
1: see that's how that goes. See that's how that goes.
0: Controversial to you know defend to attack the Seahawks for their draft for the sake of David Moore.
1: I always appreciate your perspective, even when I highly disagree with it,
2: so. Shut up.
1: And I've seen some pretty, pretty smart people. Scott Miller. Who the fuck is Scott Miller?
0: I'm not trying to make everyone happy. I get it. You just don't want to share the spotlight. I mean, I can, and I will.